and welcome to Management Diaries, where we dive into the intricacies of property management from resident relations and maintenance to leasing and industry trends. I'm your host, Daniil Doyle, Production Editor for Multi-Housing News. On today's episode, I have Philip Boatwright, Executive Vice President of Property Management for the NRP Group. I'll be talking with Philip about how to build and manage a strong and successful property management team. Why is this important? What makes a team strong? And what does effective leadership look like? Welcome, Philip. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Daniil. I'm so excited to converse with you today. Thanks for having me. Really glad to have you as our first guest on Management Diaries. So, Philip, you've worked in property management for 20 years, so a long time, right? Tell me, how has the industry evolved over the years? Property management has evolved a lot in recent years. I think NRP um, is wanting to be more efficient and connected than ever before. There's smarter platforms, there's a way to pay and access amenities. I think, you know, a lot of people, they just want things at their fingertips. That's not any different in our regular walks of life than how it is at apartment communities or in the business. So they're wanting things to be easier. They're wanting to know when when and where are people collaborating to watch the football game? When are they having that chili cook-off on Thursday? What are they dressing up for, you know, Halloween or Thanksgiving, those type of things. So they want to have those things on a mobile app. They want to see those things, you know, on their computer. And they just want smarter platforms so they can be more efficient, right? It's just the same thing with paying quicker and having different ways to pay. So just how we have evolved um, essentially in our regular regular walks of life, they have also evolved like that on management too. I think that's just on one end, right, of things because from a a resident side, they want, again, proactive responses. They want the artificial intelligence. They want to be able to have quick responses and the right responses to get them moving. And our associates have to be able to, you know, be in front of those things as well and making sure that we're providing just those great resources to get people to have, you know, to enjoy life and be able to get things for them to to stay moving, you know, stay connected. And they're just looking for uh, that ease um, of, of enjoying their community. So thinking about the needs of residents and how that's changed over the years and the importance of providing that positive experience for residents in your community, what strengths should you look for when you're hiring property management staff? Are there any skills that are more important than others? That's that's a great question. I, I think that we are always at NRP looking for A-plus players, if you will, and I could think of a handful of things that, that come or that really important to me when it comes to those specific skills. I, I think a couple of those, and I think these are some of the mainstays, right? I'm, of course, looking for professionalism. We're looking for professionalism of someone that wants to have a high standard of what they do and the sense of purpose of delivering that great experience and just exemplary attention to detail. And you're also wanting high integrity, of course, you're wanting those folks that that just have the mindset and making sure that they're making good choices. I feel like I even when I'm it's not any different when I talk to my kids about some of these things like, are you making good choices today? Are you making the right choice for this and that? That's not any different for people for the skills that I'm wanting when you're running 
you know, high, high powered businesses and communities, you want someone to make great choices and have um, a great sense of purpose behind that. And those, again, those professionalism, high integrity, kind of like, again, like the mainstays, I think the, the next couple for me are things that I kind of hone in more um, from a company standpoint, which is gratitude. And, and, and gratitude is, is I, I want folks and associates to have the skill to be grateful at, at NRP. We have a very big affordable housing platform and we want to make sure that we understand that and we're grateful for all residents, no matter their income, no matter their situation. And so someone to kind of work with us, I'm looking for someone to have that gratitude and that passion for, you know, committing to why we are delivering these communities. And another skill is dedication. And I, I think that you want the folks to um, to just, again, be available and present and understanding that we want to build communities for, for people to enjoy where they live. And, you know, some people are working out of these communities, so enjoy where they're working and also having fun at the same time. So it's kind of like that, you know, live, work, play type mentality. And we have to be dedicated. We have to have dedicated people to be able to provide that, provide that experience for them, provide that chapter in their life that they feel really good about their housing choice. And the last one is probably my personal favorite. It is probably something that I've honed in on more than in recent years, and that is grit. That is a skill that I am looking for for people to have because, as we know, times are not always easy. Um, you have to have some flexibility, um, and we've learned that. And you know, for example, in, in COVID or just how the world continues to shift into just different things, or some of those unknown things that that kind of come up, you have to have a little bit of, of grit to that to be able to be flexible. And I'm looking for those battle-tested folks that understand that things are not always going to be perfect. Things aren't always going to be great every day. And, um, and those people understand that and, and want to stick with us to be able to, to get to the other side, which there's always great things on the other side. So we want those folks to be able to definitely have some grit to them and just persevering during you know any challenge that comes in front of them. Yes, Philip, making good choices. That is an important one. I love that. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yes, we should all strive to make good choices. And I I do appreciate the gratitude, grit, and dedication, all really good qualities to be looking for as well. Aside from the more straightforward training, that learning stage where new employees are learning, whether it's the platforms that you use or just becoming familiar with your processes and, of course, um, your properties and residents and just the way of doing things. What other important elements are you looking to include in the onboarding stage? I, I think that's, you know, as far as what you just mentioned earlier about, you know, that that standard approach in the onboarding stage. I, of course, that is important. And our company has a standard. Many companies have a standard on, on onboarding and what they're looking for to include, you know, in that. And that's that's a necessity. And, and I think that's, that's great. Um, however, I'm looking for more of a customized approach after that. So after they receive their you know, this platform, this username and this password, and here's what the standard office procedures are, and here's what the employee handbook says. And once you kind of read through all those things, that's that's fantastic. 
But what what about what comes after that? And I and I think what I think we do really good at NRP is customizing that specific role, right? Customizing to their needs. So a leasing specialist, you now understand what our platforms are, but this is how we're going to show you how to be great. These are the skills that's going to separate, you know, our business from theirs or from this competitor, from that competitor. And we want to kind of like hone in on those skills to make sure that you understand our product and make sure that you understand the level of service that we're looking for and make sure that you understand, you know, what's going on in this particular community and, and understanding that the, the demographic and the residents that make up this community is super important. So I, I want to make sure that, you know, they get the general items, but then we have to kind of, you know, for sure be kind of laser focused and intentional on providing, you know, what we expect from that associate. And I, and I think the way that we do that is our team comes in and speaks with them, you know, not only, you know, in the first onboarding part, but two weeks after that, 90 days after that, 100 days after that, to show unwavering support from different leadership groups, right, to make sure that, that hey, do you have a question about benefits? Do you have a question about um, about the bonus structure? Do you have a question about how this particular system works that you're using a lot, right? If they're using a particular system a lot in their daily, you know, working tasks, like, do you understand that you have any questions? How can we help you be the best you? So that's what I mean by customizing that. Everyone has a, diff- a little bit of a different role. They might be in the, in the facilities, you know, on the maintenance side, they might be you know, on, on, on the leasing side or the, on the more on the administrative side, like what is going to make that particular associate be the best that they can be? And sometimes that's connecting them with peers, right? That are, in, you know, maybe in the same city or in a different state and just making sure that, again, they have that unwavering support um, to be the star associate that we're looking for. That sounds great. Customizing the needs to the person. I'm hearing that that's that's really important to hone in on the skills that are also most important for the role. So I love that you mentioned supporting at different intervals and really just going back to customizing it and helping them be the best. So Philip, let's talk about the team dynamic for a moment. Okay. Once you have a new associate kind of you know, you've passed the onboarding stage and then you've passed the stage after that where you're giving them, you know, all of the support and you've customized the things that you want to help them hone in on. What areas are you focusing on once they once they are kind of fully merged with their team? I I think that goes back a little bit to some of those values, um, you know, that, that you mentioned. To answer your question, though, on the focus is, I'm looking for a collaboration because you mentioned that, you know, the team and kind of like a dynamic team and what makes a team, you know, work. And I think it's for sure it's collaborations, making sure that, you know, that team understands the purpose and what we're trying to to achieve as a group. And you're not wanting, you know, your manager or leader or your leasing team or your your service team to not be on the same page. I think it's important that you meet in the morning and understand, you know, what the goal is for the day, what the goal is for the week, what the goal is for the month. And you're collaborating with that team. And the more you collaborate, the more you build rapport with with your team. And, you know, I, I, I have an approach that I'm wanting to making sure that people, you know, understand that we need each other 
everyone is equally important to making sure that the community is successful and any any piece of that missing right someone not being as engaged someone not um, being on the same page is, is not going to help that come to fruition. So collaboration is a, is a very important thing that I focus on across the team. But I also want to stay patient, right? Because you have some folks that might be, again, you mentioned some of the onboarding stage in your, your prior question. Sometimes you have folks that have been at a community for 10 years. Some of them have been there 10 days, right? So you have to have a little bit of patient to get everybody to meet them where they're at and to continue to build that collaboration. Everyone is not going to be have the same level of experience. Everyone is not going to have the same level of knowledge when it comes to certain systems. People are learning different systems. Uh, so th there should be a level of patience if you're in a team to, to have some understanding. I think that's very important um, that it's that it's OK that if that, that if there's a mistake or if there's some sort of miscommunication, we can get back on track. There's an opportunity to improve. I, I think that is something that I want the, that teams to focus on. And I think lastly, and probably most importantly, is a make it happen attitude. I, I talk about this a lot during my you know, weekly meetings, monthly meetings, just like, how are we making it happen? And what are we doing to overcome obstacles and it's that mindset. It's that it's that mindset of getting a little bit better every day, taking a step forward every day, getting a percent better every day in all our processes. So I fully understand that that we can't be perfect. I fully understand that there's opportunities to improve. I'm just looking for that mindset or that make it happen attitude to kind of to get there, right? To continue to build as a team, to continue to you know, lock arm in arm to what we're trying to achieve. And if you can do that, you can have a, a phenomenal team. You can have a team that can conquer all of their goals by, you know, again, those few simple focuses to making sure that they are on one accord. Absolutely, Philip. The patience really is a virtue. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that that was close to being my, one of my favorite ones too. It, it's something that I've learned over the years is that um, I can't place the same demands on a associate that I'm supporting. You know, maybe their underst my understanding might be a little bit different, or my knowledge of it might be a little bit different. People enjoy, you know, some patience. They enjoy that there's an opportunity to um, have a chance to to correct or have a chance to. Be a, be a part of something something larger, something greater. And I, I think if you can really focus on that, your your team will appreciate it and it'll show up in a in a happy, happier, more connected group. Definitely, definitely. And along with um, some of the other things you mentioned, like you know, the make it happen attitude, like those things really will help you build that successful team. So let's talk about communication. How important is communication? Are there areas that breakdown can occur? Communication is extremely important. I would say that it is one of the most important things that I converse about from day to day. And the, the breakdown of communication can, can grow and could snowball and come to a place pretty quickly where 
you find yourself in a situation where you can't turn around. And I'll give an example of that. If, if you're communicating or, or rather not communicating to a team and they don't know what the goals are, they don't know what the vision is. And all of a sudden you find yourself kind of in an underperforming situation, then you might turn into having disgruntled employees or employees that understand why um, certain folks aren't happy. And then you have residents that are um, bothered and that those folks might turn around and find a different option to, to live or uh, different areas. So it, it could really move really quickly just from not communicating very, very well. And I always go back and I'm a firm believer in explaining the why, right? And explaining the why of, of what we're doing. So why are we trying to be the best community here in this particular city? Why is it important that we provide, you know, exemplary customer service? Why is it important that we take the time to communicate to our residents that this is going on or that's going on? And, 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 I, and I think that when you explain the why of why something's important or not, people can really understand that. You, just, you, you simply just can't say, you know, I want us to to start this new initiative. I want us to make sure that our, our, our residents are informed of this or that. Like you have to explain, you know, the why behind this. Why are you, why are you changing the office hours, you know, on this particular holiday? Why are you sitting out, sending out this information for inclement weather on the storm that's coming? You just can't, you know, communicate without the answers behind it and the why, you know, and, and again, the, the purpose behind it. So, you know, communicating is essentially paramount and, and also just for simply absorbing what's happening. Everybody processes information differently. And, you know, you don't want to communicate something and say on Monday and say, this is happening on Tuesday. You want to for sure communicate something to folks to say, hey, this is this is what's happening. This is why it is happening. And this is when it's going to happen. This is who's doing it. And this is, you know, how we're going to actually do this. And I think if you're giving the people those, that information, and, and you know, it's just a better feeling. It just gives them time to process. It gives them the understanding. You never want to leave your associates to, to not understanding why there was a decision being made. I, I always want to bring my team to the table and to create and just to be innovative and to collaborate. You want to bring them to the table to say, you know, this is this is the mission, you know, for the day. This is the mission for the year. Um, you know, I, I think it's an important to have those short-term goals and those long-term goals, but there is no secrets behind that. You are, you are you know, emphatically and consistently communicating what you need and what you want, uh, you know, from your team. And, and also having that approach go both ways. You're also wanting that, that have that open and approachable ability to say, you can communicate back to me on some of the things that, that you see or that you're looking for. So it's a two-way thing that's always happening. You have that open door approach and, you know, you want to be that landing spot and have the comfortability to be able to speak to your team and for them to speak back to you. Definitely, Philip. What I'm hearing is explaining the why is very important to include the purpose of whatever it is you're communicating. And that really is just giving your team all the information that you can, you know, every time you communicate with them. 
hundred percent. I just, I, I, I just know that that people really appreciate the reasoning. And you know, if your if your approach if your approach is, you know, I want to do it this way just because I want to do it this way, it is never helpful for a team type atmosphere. They really want to understand the reasoning behind it. And, and and to be connected to you as a leader, be connected to the overall vision and mission, because they're the folks that are really on the front lines, again, that are making it happen. So you want to make sure that they they understand and, and buy in. And the way to help them buy in is to taking the time to explain this is this is the path. This is why we're going this way. And if we have to pivot, this is why we're pivoting to go this way. Absolutely. So speaking of being connected to you as a leader and, you know, making sure your team is also connected to the mission and just getting that buy-in from them. As a leader, how do you motivate your team and foster growth and development? I think the way that I motivate my team is, is again, really allowing them to having a seat at the table. Again, I, I think it's important for them to understand what the goals are. And, and I think my specific way of, of, of motivating, motivating them is to simply understand who they are, not only as a professional, but as a person. Like I really want, I'll, I'll, I'll specifically ask that question, you know, of what motivates you? Are you happy at work? What keeps you up at night? What are you looking for to accomplish? out of your year, out of your day, out of your week. And I, I essentially ask for the answers to the test. What motivates you? I think some people try to assume that it is it, it is money or assume that it's benefits or assume that it is uh, recognition or appreciation. I think the best way to do that is to is to simply ask. And a lot of my teams will come back in very different ways, right? Some of them will, will say that it is, um, you know, having a little bit of fun mixed in with content, right? So learning development, but also getting together and going bowling or getting together and um, doing some type of event. Sometimes it is a, a little bit more of, I really would like something more personal, like a personal card of recognition or an opportunity to have some extra time off to be able to to um, to do some of those work life balance things, you know, with your family or or a personal thing that you're connected to. So I think if you simply ask the question, and I, I you know I said this earlier, but I say this a lot in my regular conversations, like you know what 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 are, you know ask for the answers to the test. What are the things that motivate you? And I will I will connect with that. I will I might not you know use that today. I will understand that this person really loves camping. So let's say they had a great uh, quarter. I'll send them something that's going to help them go camping or I'll send them something that's related to that to let them know that I am listening to them. I understand to them and I'm, I value what motivates them. So I really kind of hone in on that. And, and I think that that fosters growth because they know that you're invested in them, not only professionally and personally, and I think lastly, I also am very upfront about, you know, their goals. And, you know, we talk a lot about NRP here about succession planning, right? So when you talk about development, I want to know what are your personal and your professional goals? 
And I, and I want to know both of those. I want to be able to, in, in, to, to inspire and be a part of that. And I will ask them that continuously on what is important to you. And let's talk about the future. Let's talk about where you are today and where you want to be tomorrow and how I can help you with that. So I think when I do all those things, that will help keep them motivated and connected to me, um, keep them motivated and connected to the company. And, you know, that provides tenure, provides extra value, provides everything that we want that, you know, obviously feeds back into your community and feeds back into the residents and, and their happiness. And it's, it's, it's a big cycle that you want to make sure uh, that you're always in the middle of and, you know, again, strategic, strategically and intentionally a part of. Philip, it sounds like really connecting with your team and, and connecting with what's important to them. That's an important approach to take. And as you're doing this, you know, as you mentioned before, things come up, you know, situations come up, challenges mm-hmm. come up, and it's just part of life, right? Right. What are some ways that you found to help your team through challenges? That is a, a lot baked into that question for sure. I think take the time to connect and find understanding. I really think that when you're having an associate, or a team is going through challenges that the challenges might come in different ways. It might be a financial challenge or like, you know, an occupancy challenge. It might be a, a team that are not on the same page challenge, right? Um, it might be a market challenge um, that is impacting your community. So there's a lot of different challenges, but I, w- I would take the time to connect and find understanding with that particular associate or that team. Like, why are we here? And, you know, what do you need for me or for the, from the company? And I, I think that because people don't want to approach challenges, they're uncomfortable, right? They're uncomfortable. And people typically will, will shy away from that and, and, and hope that they self-resolve. They hope that they go away. I hope that this gets better. I hope that this team gets on the same page. I hope that um, this challenge is not a challenge next week. And that's simply not true that's typically not the case it's not going to fix itself Um, you're going to have to be a little uncomfortable in working through challenges and working through people and using resources and you know reaching out to your hr department reaching out to other leaders reaching out to um, different people proactively I, i think if you really take the time to see those red flags of people not being connected and seeing those red flags when people are not um, you know, providing that that A plus experience to address it head on, and, and again, not in a in a really tough or negative way, but a balanced approach of understanding, um, you know, being uh, approachable, um, but at the same time, um, showing them a way how they can get through this and following up with them to make sure that they are moving in the right direction, getting through this challenge. So it is a little bit of a mixed process of addressing it, but also supporting them along the way until they fully get over that obstacle because we'll inevitably have them from time to time. So you want to make sure that you don't make a little challenge become a large challenge. Sounds like you really have to find a balance between addressing it head on, but balancing that with, you know, having that approach from an understanding point of view and and also including that teaching element there. Absolutely. Philip, you've been in the industry for 20 years, and I would really love to know 
What's something you've learned from your career or a recent valuable lesson? Wow. In 20 years, there, there's there's a lot to that I could talk about, but I know I will be respectful of the time here. I I think what I've learned, and this is probably even more recently, is to be vulnerable as a leader. I think that you know my team and others are looking from are looking for a, a, a leader or a team member that has a sort of realness to them, something that they can kind of connect better with. So I, I, I saw that the more that I could be my authentic self and let them into who I am as a person, gave them a better sense of connectivity to me. Um, I felt that they started to just appreciate a little bit more of who I, who I am and the values that I, that I bring to the table. And that's because I've started to share a little bit of, you know, my, my personal venture as well as my professional kind of growth. And so I, I, I think that if you're a leader out there, you know, sharing with them, you know, about, you know, who you are and where you came from and how you get here and where you're going is just so much of an impact on how they connect with you, um, which is what you want. You want connectivity, you want engagement as a leader to your team. And I think if you just, you know, if you start to open that door more and more and more to who you are, they will also in turn open that door more and more to who they are. And if you get both of those things kind of going at the same time, then you have a, a connection and you have a a rapport and a synergy that's almost undeniable because you keep having this communication and this experience go back and forth between you and the team that you're just you're building something. And, you know, I'm looking for, you know, to provide a, a family experience while I'm at work. I, I want to know, did your, your child win the softball tournament this weekend? Did your child graduate from high school um, yesterday as planned? Did they, did they, are they, what college are they going to? Like, you know, I, I want to understand, I want to understand that you want to go off and, and, and learn this skill or do that. Like, I want to be a part of that. And I think, if I let them into who I am, then you just have a stronger bond. And if you have a stronger bond, you typically have a stronger team, which provides stronger results. And again, a happier work-life balance. And that's what I want to provide. So by me opening myself up uh, as a leader, um, that has really helped separate myself in my career and in just providing this teamwork atmosphere that I think that a lot of people really appreciate. Sounds like bringing your authentic self is really the way to go. And, and that authenticity does breed connection. As you said, stronger bond equals a stronger team. So thanks for that great slogan. And I'm sure you can give us a lot of other lessons that you've yeah. learned. But right. thanks for keeping it to just one. Sure. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I have a passion for property management. I have a passion for my team's. And so, again, I appreciate the opportunity. This has been fantastic. Thanks for joining us, Philip. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Management Diaries. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again. Remember to subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Have you heard about our MHN Executive Council? Each month, leading multifamily experts weigh in on relevant and trending topics 
and we'd love to include your insights. To join, please visit multihousingnews.com or email jessica.fear at cpe-mhn.com.